Technology has made online learning possible and perhaps inevitable, but the COVID-19 pandemic has made it imperative. Case arrived in the Philippines from Wuhan, China, via Hong Kong, last January 21, 2020. As one of this country's leading academic institutions, Ahead Education, together with its other brands has been leading the movement to bridge the gap between traditional and online learning. Our online programs have been supporting thousands of Filipino students in getting ahead and achieving their dreams. And today, AHEAD Education and its initiative, Leadership Strategies for School Managers, or LESSEM, in partnership with the Philippines' premier universities, will show private schools not just how it's done, but also how to succeed in preparing an entire generation of digital learners for the future. We are at a very important crossroad in our country's history, especially when it comes to education. Education are challenged. That ground requires a more responsive, sensitive, and leadership. We have invited brilliant leaders of learning, heads of top universities. Our speakers are all experienced in their own fields and they follow carefully crafted systems. Their insights about how we can and effectively respond to the challenges that are impacting our schools and students right now will be beneficial to our education system. The internet changed the way we do things, and for the past decade, we saw the rise of companies like Google, Grab, Amazon, We've also seen the rise of social media, and we saw how their direct influence in affected the way our students. Technology is a central part of distance learning. To discuss the challenges, show the future possibilities and the necessary leadership strategies that can make school as well as our institutions and students thrive and survive this new normal. Good afternoon, everyone. Thank you very much for joining us today. I am very, very excited for today's webinar because aside from this very interesting and timely topic, we will be joined by premier universities in the country represented by also because I know these people personally. Okay, so we've known each other for a decade. Seldom do we see them on one platform, so I encourage viewers to maximize our comment section and we'll try to answer this in our discussion later. It will also be beneficial if you can share this webinar so more school leaders can benefit from this. Start. I would like to introduce myself. I'm Rosana Leonardo, founder and president of AHEAD and LESEM. I founded LESEM together with former PASCO chairwoman, Dr. Cornelia Soto, this is Lilia Benko from De La Salle. Uh, that was uh, 2005. But, uh, when I was, in, I was 18 years old in Nucleus Banos, it is when I dreamt of uh, this system wherein we can free our people from ignorance, poverty, and apathy through education. This dream led me to build ahead later on. And in 2005, we also started a lesson because I personally believe that true happiness is not just about 
success, but rather it's about um, significance. So thank you for letting me do this. I really, really love that I'm here. I, I'm part of this. I believe that uh, teachers are heroes and our panelists are heroes of heroes. They are, <laughs> they are heroes of heroes. So I'm really honored to have started this initiative with them. They lead top universities I truly admire. And most importantly, they are all young at heart and well-loved within their institutions. So at this point, I'd like, uh, I, I know that uh, you're so excited to meet our guest speakers. Uh, I would like to call our esteemed, uh, esteemed guests who are all good friends of mine. They're all experienced educators, have more than their fair share of creating the pillars of our uh, educational system. First up, we have an educator with a PhD in applied linguistics from UK's University of Lancaster. She has also been running one of the nation's top schools for the past four years. I'm talking about none other than Ateneo de Manila's Vice President for Loyola Schools, Dr. Maria Luz Vilches. Let us all give her a warm virtual round of applause. Dr. Vilches, hello. 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 Good afternoon, everyone. <laughs> So are you uh, working at home, ma'am, or uh, are you in your office? Working from home. I have been working from home since March. I've never gone out of my home since March. Okay, so, so all of Ateneo, ma'am? Sorry? All of Ateneo staff, ma'am, are they working from home? Working from home, yes. Where uh, if you don't have any really business in the office, work from home is the most. Thank you. Thank you, ma'am. Thank you very much for joining us. I know that you are so busy, so this is really a, a big, big favor. Maraming salamat. Thank you. Okay. So, um, our next speaker has a solid reputation as an industrial economist and strategic management expert and has led the establishment of two new schools in the University of Asia and the Pacific, or UANP the School of Sciences and Engineering, and the School of Law and Governance. Let us all please welcome the fourth president of the University of Asia and the Pacific, Dr. Winston Conrad B. Padohino. Hello. Good, good afternoon. Thank you, Rosanna, for uh, inviting me. And I also would like to greet all of those who are uh, tuned in into this channel. I hope yes. you will have a very productive afternoon. <laughs> Thank you, Dr. Padohino. I know that you just came from another conference, right? about five minutes ago, right? Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us. Maraming salamat. Okay. Thank you. So we still have two other panel panelists who will join us today. And just like our first two guests, they are also from the country's top academic institution. So let us hear first from the third guest, speak guest speaker from Southeast Asia's oldest university, 409 years. Diba? Ang UST of, uh, UST, University of Santo Tomas, UST. Joining us today is a 20-year teaching veteran and a doctor of public health. UST's very own Vice Rector for Academic Affairs, Professor Cheryl Peralta. Hello, Dr. Peralta. Hi, good afternoon. Good afternoon. So I heard that you were the one of the only two lame men uh, rectors in UST. So, uh, nice congratulations for that, no? I guess, na, I guess hindi nila mapigilan yung sarili lang i-appoint ka because you're so good. 
So thank you. <laughs> I, I get you. <laughs> thank you. So Dr. Peralta, um, uh, thank you for gracing this affair. No? Thank you so much. And of course, let's hear from my friend of two decades, <laughs> Mr. Joel Santos, the president of one of the country's most innovative uh, business schools, Thames, Inter Thames International School. Mr. Santos has divided his career between being a corporate executive and an entrepreneur. His entrepreneurial ventures include being an impact investor in EduTech, a Jollibee franchisee, and as a co-founder of Thames International School and the Entrepreneur School of Asia. But aside from that, Tolga, he has also been uh, hosting a lot of seminars to help schools transition, and I am so grateful for him. Hello, uh, Joel. Hello, Mr. Santos. Good afternoon. Good afternoon, Sam. Thank you for having us here today. And uh, good afternoon to our fellow panelists. You know, it's uh, really an honor to be uh, joining this session with all of you. Okay. So thank you. Thank you. So again, uh, I would like to enjoin all our viewers to please um, share this webinar so that other school leaders will find this. Because, you know, and dami namang seminars around and uh, baka hindi nila makita or hindi nila alala but I think they they will learn a lot from today's speakers, di ba? Ang gagaling po nila, you know? And uh, I'm sure na mapupulutan po ng aral lahat ng mga, um, ng mga school owners, directors, and managers uh, this with this seminar, no? Okay, so please share, please share, please share our uh, webinar. Okay. For our first two directors, I'd like to um, um, ask the first question. No, so okay. So, um, Doctor Padohino, how is your school now that there's a pandemic? Are you all also working from home? Yes, uh, like uh, Doctor Vilches, uh, like her, I'm also, and I think the rest of the panelists here are all uh, stuck at home. Well, uh, you know, when, when this pandemic sets in, uh, no one was actually prepared. We shifted to emergency teaching. <laughs> we, we just have to make do of what is available. Although fortunately, uh, we had already our learning management system platforms in place two years before. However, it was just used as a complement but not as a primary tool for uh, learning. That is why uh, now it has been reversed. Uh, our uh, learning management system has become a, a primary tool for reaching our uh, students and our executives as well. You know, as you and I know, this pandemic has uh, three serious implications that has affected everyone else. You know, the way we move, the way we interact, and uh, the way we work. That is why it has affected uh, also the market space for education, as all my other colleagues will say. You know? What ultimately happened was that everyone shifted to blended learning, but our market has very specific demands. You know? First, for the students and the parents, they just like to make sure that not only are the children safe, but the quality of education is preserved. You know? Second, also for the executives that we... Uh, uh, also uh, serve uh, are not only uh, given these necessary circumstances to continue working at the same time, but at the same time give them content that is relevant to the times. 
So this one has really altered the way I think our school uh, has delivered its services and will continue uh, and will continue this delivering these services. We have to make major adjustments. I think I'm glad that uh, we're not the only school going through this. No? Practically all schools are going through this. No? So that perhaps the differences is the way uh, it is being pursued. But generally, the general trend is really towards uh, blended learning. Congratulations for uh, transitioning quickly, no? As I, as I told you before, I keep uh, um, promoting or <laughs> uh, encouraging students to uh, try out your school because I think that you offer very innovative um, uh, programs. So congratulations for that. Uh, and now uh, I'd like to uh, talk to one of my favorite school heads, uh, Dr. Vilnes. So our kapitbahay dito sa Katipunan, Dr. Vilnes. Yes, so I always say, and all of us, I think have been caught flat-footed by this pandemic. Um, I, it's, it's an uncharted path. I, all, I sometimes imagine myself that all of us are in a thicket and we make the trail as we move along. So, which is also on the one hand, it's very challenging. On the other hand, it, it allows for more creativity, actually. It brings up the goodness in people. It brings up the, the insight. It brings up a lot of cooperation among people because then you realize that the common goal is education. And I think that's the one that brings us up. In the Ateneo, we are, I always say, we're a small university, you know? the challenges that we have are not as as maybe as the challenges of other big universities but even so we have been moving in a direction that that is not preordained but we have to take care first of all of what's essential so of course i mean because we're in education the first priority would be students what to do with students and that has Come, well, with which students we need to know what the curriculum is going to be like, what the designs will be, what about teachers. So what we have done is um, teacher training is very important in this online mode. You know, the university cannot simply say we are going to go online and that's it. You know, it's it's not as if what we're doing right now. It's not just the use of Facebook. It's not just the use of LMS. It's it's more than that. So we say that. Online education is not just about technology, and we're very clear about that. It's about education. It's about learning. So the first learner should be the teachers. And so what we needed to do was to put together a program, a certificate program for teachers. It's a teacher training program, which is tailor-made for Ateneo curriculum. We call it adaptive design for learning program. And our teachers right now are going through that program. It's asynchronous, it's, it, it, um, it sort of uh, emulates the kind of online learning as well because they're doing online learning. It talks about what to do with your syllabus. How do you, how do you change your syllabus from an on-site mode to an online mode? And it's not easy, it's not a matter of, you know, uh, converting one to the other. It has to have a mindset, and the mindset is very important. So we put into consideration our framework as Ateneo, and in Ateneo we have a large core curriculum. So how do you deal with a large core curriculum given this online mode? So a whole lot of these things have been worked out by groups, 
So that's one. And then secondly, of course, you know, we have to take care <clears throat> of the students and where they are. And as I think enrollment is something that's, that every one of us is, um, we're not sure. Historically, we would say, oh, maybe it's predictable to have this number of people. But we're not sure because of the economic downturn. A lot of students are asking for scholarships. And because we're a private university and not subsidized by government, we have to make do with how much we have. And, and you know, it's not just that parents are affected by this economic downturn. The university is also affected by the economic downturn. So we did not increase tuition fees. We did not, we're not increasing salaries because there's no tuition fee increase and so on. But because we didn't have uh, any revenue for the entire month of June, and yet we continued to to give benefits and salaries, we did not stop that. So you can imagine what the challenge is like for us now. But of course, we're trying to make do. We're not we're not broadcasting it that way, but we're trying to make do with what we have. But still, the focus is students and learning. So we have also created primer for. Uh, these are all on site. We have our own Blue Cloud, Ateneo Blue Cloud Campus, which is our framework for our online education. It's Ateneo Blue Cloud, and Adaptive Design for Learning is part of the Ateneo Blue Cloud. We have created what we call LS or Loyola Schools One, which is um, one-stop services, student services. So they just log on, they ask questions, they do, you know, it's, it's, it's an entirely, um, online thing that, that, that the students can uh, learn from. So when was that? Early in July, we started our intercession. That's our summer. So this is the first time we're really doing online learning, full online learning. Uh, Dr. Paduhino was talking about LMS earlier. We also had an LMS. We had Moodle for uh, years and years. But, you know, when you're on site and people don't really think of, of um dealing with an LMS that's online. But now there is a group that's doing that, but we also have a new one we call we have Canvas, which is going to be rolled out in September uh, in the first semester. So everybody is on board with that as well. So far, that's, I think, what I can say about it. Okay, I was, ask, I was going to ask you about that Canvas because I know that you've been using Moodle for a long time, but you instantly went to Canvas. So let's talk about remember it so i'm gonna write it so first i'd like to uh, call on the other panelists first uh, so um mr santos and the uh, doctor um cheryl Peralta. okay hello how about you can we uh, ask about your activities so i know that uh, dr peralta is a uh, in Cavita right now, so I'm, I was I was happy about her internet access because yes. that's the problem with the back. And uh, um, Mr. Santos is all over the place. He's just in his house, but he's all over the place. So can you tell us your experience first, um, uh, Dr. Peralta? Uh, yes. Um, similar to uh, Dr. Hinog and uh, Dr. Vilches, uh, we've also transitioned to uh, purely online. Uh, our special term, uh, which is previously summer, uh, we call it special term, started on uh, June 22. And 
similar to Ateneo, this is our first time to offer all our courses purely online. So we've been with Blackboard. Our learning management system is Blackboard. So we have the UST Cloud Campus powered by Blackboard. We've been with Blackboard for 18 years. Uh, but similar to other schools, probably, uh, this is just a uh, supplement. No? So we've been doing blended learning. And our faculty members were trained in blended learning. But suddenly, they were forced to do purely online. And that's, that's a lot different. Uh, than uh, blended learning approach. We've, we're also doing uh, faculty training at the moment, and um, our faculty training program is centered on a guiding principle that the university has promulgated. So the uh, Reverend Father Rector, uh, uh, Father Richard Ang Opi, uh, has um, rendered a statement to the Tamashian community that the university shall implement a mode of instruction rooted in the principles of communion and encounter that promotes dialogue and uh, ensures accessibility and flexibility of learning. So three words, essentially, dialogue, flexibility, and accessibility. So this is something that we have to um, keep on repeating to all stakeholders because in order for it to be successful, everyone really has to be involved. Uh, primarily the faculty members and the administrators. So with uh, those three keywords, so when we say dialogue, there has to be enough opportunities for interaction between the teachers and the students and among the students themselves when they try to draft instruction or develop instruction in the coming terms. Um, when you say flexibility, we all consider that while we may have um, adjusted, no? so initially it was really an emergency shift, so probably everyone has been uh, set off balance, uh, but I think right now we're, try we're already trying to get our... Um, balance again there is that um maybe some sort of harmony already so but we have to still remember that we are not yet in a normal situation and therefore there will definitely have to be some flexibility uh in order for us to render courses especially those that are skills based for example it has been uh one of the major concerns of students and parents the development of alternative um, strategies to learn laboratory courses, uh, internships, practicums, and the like. So we will really have to be more flexible in terms of providing the um, needed um, training for students in, so that we know that they will still develop the, need, uh, the intended learning outcomes amidst this pandemic. And the next is access. So while our main platform or our main um, delivery mode is online, we also recognize that there are students who are in locations where there is uh, there may be limited um, internet connectivity and some have also limited access to technological devices. So we have identified these students um, our academic units have conducted their own surveys of the uh, technological capacity and the internet connectivity of their students so that they can provide other forms of learning materials that will allow them to participate in um, teaching and learning uh, amidst all these limitations. So I, I think that's very important. Um, 
much as we would want to really just use one um, one common um, platform for all, it may not always be possible. And I guess that is true, uh, particularly for those in areas where uh, there is really limited internet connectivity. So we will have to have other options in mind as well. And that is, I think that is something that the faculty um, members are also trying to understand more um, in the training programs. They're looking at, as Dr. Wilcher said, this is a time when they can be more creative. They're able to think of other ways to deliver instruction, which they have not really explored before because uh, maybe we are all forced to do something, something different. Now, think out of the box at this point. And I think that's also good. Uh, amidst all the challenges, we're able to transform them into opportunities for improvement. So thank you. Thank you. Thank you. So thank you for that, uh, Dr. Peralta. Can I call on um, Mr. Joel Santos to tell us about his experience in their school? Sure. Thank you, Arsan. I just, I just actually... Well, um, some fun facts. I, I realized that uh, I'm a product of these three schools that went together. I'm 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 an Athenian from prep to college, so it's great to be with uh, Dr. Vilches. And as I was telling Dr. Pinebog, that uh, I was a product also of their SBET program. The fun fact is from UST. It's because my mom is a UST high school and college, and it's nutrition. So everything I ate growing up was because she was a nutritionist. So, ah. so everything I ate, she said, this is what I learned from UST. <laughs> <laughs> so everything I ate was really because of what she learned. So it's really fun. It's really uh, an honor to be with, you know, with our three distinguished panelists. Um, I was sharing that uh, I, I was in education since 20 years ago, but I left to join industry again. And I just came back in 2018. And uh, I had stints in Singapore and, and the States. And one of the things I tried to do when I came back in 2018 was, uh, I was seeing that most coming from industry, everybody was transitioning to the fourth industrial revolution. And everybody was, in a way, corporate, moving to their digital transformation. So with that perspective, we've, uh, started our digital transformation with FEMS in 2018. And part of that was transitioning to blended and online learning. Now, two years ago, there was very little support in the Philippine setting. So I went to my Singapore friends, the other university friends in Singapore. And so I had, I had them become our, in a way, consultants as we went through our transformation. So, uh, we had our lecturers trained on online learning. Um, we had to fix our processes to be able to move towards blended learning. And this is basically, there were three pillars to our digital transformation, which was uh, technology, process, and people. On the technology side, yes, we were uh, evaluating different learning management systems that would work in the Philippine setting, because. It's a different context altogether. On the process side, you know, we started uh, fixing online payment, online registration, uh, and all of those. And but the most important part of these three pillars is actually people. And for the past two years, we've been trying to change our minds, the mindset of our lecturers to moving from the traditional 
lecturer thinking, which is like the sage on the stage, right? Which is, they look at the students as funnels and absorb everything. We were trying to move our lecturers to what we call a guide on the side, which is really the, the context of uh, flexible and online learning. Now, we've been working on a blended learning mode of about 60% face-to-face and 40% online. But when the as the, but when the pandemic happened, we had to shift to a hundred percent online. Now, despite two years of of uh, trial and error and experimenting with online and blended learning, uh, nobody would ever be prepared for the pandemic and the hundred percent online transition. It was very difficult. Um, but somehow, uh, yes, we finished our school year. Uh, with 100% uh, online learning. Uh, it was tough. Uh, why was it tough? Because when the pandemic lockdown happened, it was in the middle of our term. We're on a tri-semester approach. And my parents said, oh, lockdown na, no more school. So there's no more face-to-face. And and we had to tell them, no, we will continue ahead, but we're 100% online now. And, and, and I'll be honest, if... If um, that was hard because other schools they had enrollment already and they were just gonna transition. We were in the middle and the students have not enrolled, so the parents were questioning, uh, "What's online learning? Are we really be able to do this?" And we really had to go through informing the parents, showing them what online learning was because they were used to blended, and and I have to thank the parents that they trusted that we can execute, and so they enrolled. And uh, and we finished the term, at least with our student body intact. And uh, so yeah, so we, we, we finished the whole term 100% online. Uh, uh, we didn't have to cut the school year. Uh, my graduating student made it, and it's that. And maybe what I'd like to share is, um, we have we may have been able to finish and migrate successfully, but it's not easy. And we've been trying to do trial and error for two years. And and actually, the suddenly, the so, hindi po sa magaling kami, kaya kami nakatapos, kundi lang medyo nauna lang kami and we've made so much mistakes. And I now feel the pressure on our fellow educators who now have to suddenly learn everything in just a matter of two to three months. That's actually, for me, a very tough job. Uh, as I said, two years kami, we, we felt hindi pa kami ready. And now you're asking schools to do this in two to three months. That's really a tough job. And so what we've been doing in the past month or so, we are now training other teachers and we're now helping other schools transition to online learning. So yan na lang po ang aming contribution sa Bayanian in Ateneo, man, for others. So I'm now helping other schools transition to online. And I'm hoping that uh, we can we can help more because it's really tough to go through this time. Okay, thank you so much, uh, Joel Santos uh, from Pets International School. So let me please ask you, whoever wants to answer, um, given the challenges that you have mentioned, how will this challenge? How will these challenges now affect your curriculum, academic structures, learning systems, grading systems? Student assess- 
attendance and um, engagement and how does your school respond to these challenges so um let's uh, keep our um, answers uh, a little bit shorter so that we can answer all of the questions and later on uh, i'm sure the the viewers have also their own questions so who who wants to go first wants to uh, answer first Uh, maybe I can go first. Okay, please. Yes. So, uh, well, um, uh, there there really are a lot of challenges in terms of the curriculum. Of course, we cannot do away with the core competencies and the core outcomes. We still have to ensure that even with the shift to online instruction, we will be able to develop the intended learning outcomes for the students, especially if we are to prepare them for licensure examinations and also for the workplace. So even for higher levels of learning, so we do have... Um, High school, you know, we have their junior high school and our senior high school. They have to be prepared to enter college uh, in spite of them having to go through uh, these alternative forms of learning. So uh, we really have to review the curriculum and uh, see how uh, instructional plans can be developed, uh, still targeting the intended learning outcomes and competencies. And definitely that will produce uh, changes in the way we assess our students because um, we have to ensure that the outcomes are constructively aligned with the chosen strategies as well as the assessment procedures that we will use. So um, there may be some assessments that can still be used uh, even with the transition to remote learning, uh, but others will have to be um, modified in order to suit the uh, um adjusted or the uh, prioritized outcomes. Um, definitely, as I've said a while ago, uh, student engagement will be a priority. So it is important that the student will really have a positive, uh, rich learning experience. Uh, and even if uh, they don't see each other face-to-face, -face, that's very hard. Even if we see each other on video conferences or even if they have live um, live discussions, uh, it's not the same as when uh, students are in school and also students have um, different uh, home situations no? so we, have, we know that there are students who express that their current environments are not really the most suitable or uh, should I say the most ideal uh, for uh, learning but uh, they will have to make room and we will have to help them hope the situation and that will definitely affect the way we set up our academic structures because a lot of support will have to be present so that the students will be able to uh, cope with all the changes that they have to deal with. So thank you. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Uh, how about uh, one more? Uh, can, one I, can, more? I, one can I? Can I? Can I? I like to yes. share. Yes. Okay. In oh, addition yes. to what uh, Dr. Peralta said, no, with all of those things uh, affecting curriculum. What is also important for us are to look into five uh, critical areas where we can align not only curriculum, but our processes, our technology, and our people. No? First and foremost, we just want to make sure that uh, the system is flexible no? because not everyone can be as uh, synchronous. No? It has to be asynchronous. No? It is also flexible just in case 
government uh, may require uh, some uh, on-campus presence maybe next year. So first one, we just have to make sure that our system is uh, flexible. No? Second, as uh, also elaborated by Dr. Peralta, it's accessible. No? Not, not everyone ha, ha, has uh, access to internet uh, or connectivity, meaning they don't even have the equipment or neither the quality in the connectivity. So that's why we have to provide the support. Also, most especially to the faculty and to the university as well. Its systems must be ready online. Thirdly, it's really necessary that uh, the, the design and everything, the curriculum, the processes and everything should be learner-centered. You just have to remember that the, as uh, Dr. Virtue said, it's very important to focus on our learners, no? our students. No? That's why we really need to train our teachers. And at the same time, as also elaborated, the, the assessments should be credible. No? That whatever results that come out or whatever will be the rating should be a, a very credible basis, not only for the learning of the student, but also something that will be acceptable by the industry no? or even by the exams. No? And finally, as have been elaborated, uh, this is just a pure academic. No? We have got to engage our students in a non-academic manner. No? You, you need to have presence, uh, them to give them support, empathy, you know, understanding, because remember, many of them are going through this for the very first time. And uh, we just have to admit, a good number of them have a, a lot of adjustments to do. So all of these things are, <clears throat> uh, we have to take into account so that curriculum and processes will have to be aligned to these things, the flexibility, accessibility, learner-centered, uh, credibility, and of course, you know, uh, student support. This is in addition to what uh, Dr. Peralta has shared with us as well. Okay, thank you, uh, Dr. Padonino. Um, can I share? Yes, yes, ma'am, of course. Yeah, so I think I'm in agreement with all of those that have been shared. So I'm, it's, it's in the same situation. You know, we have the curriculum and the curriculum will abide with the learning outcomes and all the rest of it. But just to share what we have done in Ateneo, because um, as I said earlier, we want to have uh, learning as the focus and students as the focus. So we'd like to create a learning community. So it's not just one individual person, it's a learning community and that's been embedded in the training of teachers in our um, adaptive design for learning program. Uh, so in relation also to how this learning we can envision to take place. We've divided actually the semester into two. So if the student is taking 12 units in the semester, six units of those will go in the first half of the semester and six units will go in the second half. The reason for that is we don't want the students to be overwhelmed doing all 12 units within one semester, but it might be good for them to concentrate on six units and do everything in the first quarter. Mm -hmm. so we have divided our, in a sense, the entire year then will be four quarters. But there are classes, there are, there are courses that cannot be finished in one quarter, like for example, thesis. It can be done for an entire semester, entire year. Mm -hmm. So there are exceptions to that, but that's what we have done. And I think that's quite doable because um, yes. it, will help, it will help them lessen the anxiety of students because yes. mental health issues are also um, coming to the fore, you know, with these things. We would want to lessen the anxiety, both of the students and of the faculty members. 
And as far as helping the students <clears throat> is concerned, there we have to attend to the scholars. We have we have scholars that do not have access to the internet or do not have or maybe limited access to the internet or gadgets and all the rest of that. So what we have done now is to to um, lend laptops to all our our scholars to lend laptops to all our scholars and to provide them with a monthly load for internet provide them with a gadget for the internet of either smart or globe depending on what they it's, it's suitable for them and we have also given a sub internet subsidy to our faculty members all faculty members get a subsidy every month for this to help them in this kind of instruction. So um, these are some of the things that we have been doing to look at the practical side of things. But at the same time, of course, I mean, it's, we, we say that, um, that the instruction should really be pure, not um, maybe not, most of the time asynchronous. So we develop um, video, video clips and all that. But for those people who cannot really join the, online instruction because of difficulties. We have also um, printed material for them and some of them are in USB and in thumb drives and we are going to send these to them, to their addresses via courier so that they will not be left behind. So, so far that's what we have done. That's really, really innovative, uh, Dr. Vilches. I I like it that you cut the semester to half, so quarterly na parang elementary. <laughs> and um, also that you are going to send them the USBs, no? right? So yeah. that's really great. Or printouts, or printouts. Print so, ang ganda, ang galing. So, uh, unless you have something to say, um, yeah. Dr. Santos? Um, thank you. I, you know, the, I'm learning a lot from our other uh, other panelists. Um, so I'd like to maybe also share some of our learnings. Say that's it's you know this is really a, also among us as educators, it's really important to to be our own learning communities, as uh, Dr. Vilce said. Um, uh, we 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 given that we're helping other schools migrate to online, we did a research among ourselves. So there were nine senior high schools and uh, universities together. We just finished our research on how to make online learning more effective. So we did that among, so it's nationwide. We had nine schools. Uh, and we did that within the senior high school segment because they're in between college and high school. And, and um, so... Connectivity is an issue. We, we have less of that given that we are in Metro Manila. Uh, and within our students, we were able to address that. But as you go out of the country, connectivity is uh, becomes more and more pronounced. And one of the things that we have learned in that survey uh, is that because we, we had the students go through 100% online classes for two weeks. And then we checked what made it more effective for them. And these are, maybe I'll share some of the studies. Was that number one, um, the students said that uh, they really get stressed when connectivity cuts the synchronous content. And among us nine schools, we said, we really have to develop more asynchronous content where the synchronous just become complementary. So in other words, it is really asynchronous content 
and synchronous content just supports it. So basically, what that means is uh, the content has to be created for low bandwidth. Um, when online learning was implemented in the world, majority was from the Western yes. world who had good bandwidth. So first learning is we have to create content for low bandwidth situations. Uh, the second learning was that students really, because they're Gen Z, they want the content to be more uh, visual. So they requested for more videos and more infographics. <laughs> type of content because that was uh, something more interesting. The other thing that um, we've learned based on that one is the students are actually uh, asking for lesser load. Uh, they were actually very specific. They said, can we just have three synchronous sessions a day, maybe just one major assignment a week? Those were like the specific asks of the students. And, and that's why, uh, as Dr. Virtue Ateneo is doing a, a, a great innovation by cutting up the semester um, because of the load issue of our students. Uh, on our part, we're also doing modular. Uh, we're doing uh, per month, you know. We're doing three subjects per month. So very similar, uh, different style, but at least with the same objective of reducing the load of the students para hindi sabay-sabay. And the fourth maybe sharing I could give is uh, that survey showed that 75% of the students have a non-conducive learning environment at home because there's really no space to study. And, uh, only 25% of them had a room to really study. And so it's been very difficult for them to study at home. And so this one goes that as much as we're looking at the academic side, and uh, Dr. Pahinog, actually, uh, we really have to focus also on the support that they are getting from home. And the learning environment at home has been difficult for most students. And as I said, 75% don't have a proper place to study. Number two, aside from the place to study, they're also having challenges of gadget sharing. Uh, the studies show that, you know, uh, on average, three people share a laptop. So, so that's a problem uh, for them. So, so there's, so the support systems have to be created for all types. One for the teachers because we need to continually train them. One for the students, uh, both both on on how to go to this new environment of going online and also their home environment. And the third really is uh, a support system for. Uh, uh, for everything that's needed in this transition, whether the parents, the teachers, the administrators. So, so those systems all have to be in place. That's why when I was mentioning that in this transition to online learning, we have to look at process, people, and technology. Those three have to come in systemically, and they all have to work holistically. Because if one aspect, technology system or, technology system or people, uh, do not work properly, then the whole experience uh, may fail. So those are just some of the learnings I'd like to share. Thank you. Thank you. Um, actually, uh, we were back. We are backstage. Magkatabi lang kami and we are talking na uh, even UST pala and the UANP are doing the shorter, parang quarterly um, 
type of naging uh, <laughs> semester nila sa hati rin, ano? So, also, uh, Dr. Peralta saying that bandwidth immediacy matrix is also very, very important. So, let's, um, by the way, I'd like to um, say hello to all our viewers. They are from different parts of the Philippines and um, I'm surprised that they're also different from different parts of the world, no? So, merong mga from uh, Thailand, from the Middle East, and uh, mar marami pang iba. <laughs> so, hello. Um, I'm so happy that you are finding this uh, webinar useful. Thank you. And please share this with your other uh, co-educators. Okay. So, um, okay. So let me uh, go through another question again. Um, what strategies can you employ to win our, your own um, faculty members and other school personnel, especially to boost their morale and commitment at a time, a time of uncertainty? What if um, yung place nila is not, uh, has not, has no fast internet, diba? It's not only the students. But like us, we have uh, 200 uh, teachers, but only uh, about 10% now has a good internet uh, connection. So there's a problem there. So not all our teachers can teach at this time. And um, not only the students pala yung problem ng internet, but also the teachers. So how, what are you doing about this? Okay, can I just quickly? For Ateneo, uh, Luckily, I think a lot of our faculty members have connections, but we have, as I said, we've offered them a subsidy for the for internet, monthly subsidy for internet, because it's also you know going to take a toll on them doing the, the online learning. But at the same time, we have a laptop plan where uh, full-time or tenured faculty members can own a laptop with you know there are there are some um, guidelines in terms of that. Uh, but also to, as a su as support to faculty members, that's the reason why we have designed specifically for Ateneo de Manila, the certificate program, the, the adaptive design for learning program, which was designed by the Science and Art of Learning and Teaching Institute, or we call it SALT Institute of Ateneo de Manila, which is headed, the director there is Father John Go, who has really been very, very creative in implementing or in, in crafting that kind of program. So it's, it's um, helping the teachers to, to deal with uh, online learning, asking, asking them to look at the syllabus and even creating a division uh, module modularizing the syllabus, like six or eight modules of one course syllabus for the entire for the entire quarter so that it's easier for them to deal with these things and including including learning material. We have teams that help faculty members do the content, create content or or design content. We have instructional um, we have inst instructional designers that help we have project coordinators. It's an entire team that help faculty members in this uh, online learning. The, secondly, the Salt Institute also creates webinars. These are outside of the Adaptive Design for Learning Certificate Program, 
webinars uh, once a week, like on a Wednesday, on certain topics like assessment, like uh, we import Father Johnny, get somebody from the U.S. to talk about online learning, and so on and so forth. But uh, there's also there are three webinars actually during the week. We have that one, which will help faculty members in the in the academic side of things. There's also a faith and formation kind of seminar where you talk about um, how formation is done because formation for us is integrated in the curriculum. It's like a core curriculum part of the entire system. And then on, on some Fridays, we have a program called Lost and Found Fridays. This is really just to help teachers chill. There is poetry reading, there is reflection, there is um, music. So it's an entire system of helping us move in a direction where you can also loosen up yourself and not just be focused on 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 the kind of learning that you need. So it's 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 similar to what we call the community of learners. All of us are learners here, not just the students, to inspire everybody as well. So that's what we do. Okay, so I love the Lost and Found Fridays, but aside from that, uh, the viewers like the internet subsidy. <laughs> uh, in our uh, uh, sent in our our office, we also have internet subsidy, but the problem is there's still no <laughs> internet. There's still low internet. So, uh, are your uh, employees also um, experiencing that? Not only the teachers, right, but also the staff. Um, I think we have internet connection, I mean, at least for us, but maybe just to give subsidy. Oh, sorry, I have to say that for our staff, we have allowed them to take the desktops in their offices. Like, for example, if I am an office staff and I have my desktop, I have, I have all of the files there that I need. We've allowed them to take home their desktops. They have been reconfigured by our uh, management information system. We have, we have, we have given them dongles you know to connect them to the internet and we have given them subsidy as well this is for staff and administrators okay so that's okay so that is why ateneo is uh, one of the top schools here in the country so congratulations for that dr vilches and um no we're just really we just wanted to respond to the need I think you thought of everything, Dr. Vilches. So um, that's why you're here. You ha we have to teach others. No, sometimes, pagka masado ng uh, nakakaroon ng crisis, misa nalilimutan nila yung iba na they're supposed to say. So um, that's really great that we're here today to learn from all of you. No, um, merong mga nagko-comment sa nero lahat merong a uh, <laughs> internet subsidy. So <laughs> mga parinig ba yon sa mga ibang <laughs> uh, <laughs> Director, so sa inyo ba, Dr. Peralta, meron kayong um, subsidy also? And meron rin ba kayong Lost and Found Fridays? I love it, no? Merong Lost and Found Fridays. Mm -hmm. Meron mga nag-iinuman din actually online. Kasi kaya lang tayo, hindi pwede. Education tayo, diba? <laughs> so, Dr. Peralta? <laughs> yes, for our, in our case, uh, we 
have worked out uh, some form of uh, support for students. So initially, the program includes provision of uh, Wi-Fi, packet Wi-Fi for students, particularly those who have no internet connectivity at all. So with the shift to, with the sudden shift to uh, online instruction in the second term, midway of the second term, uh, we really have students who found themselves in uh, situations where do not, they do not have uh, Wi-Fi connection. So um, priorities were scholars of the university. But, uh, uh, and so uh, uh, we're talking about the staff now and the teachers who, are, who, who don't have fast internet. So did you give them anything? Um, <laughs> at the moment, we uh, we currently do not have subsidy for teachers and staff for now, but we do have the program, similar program with Ateneo, wherein we provide teachers the opportunity to acquire, uh, tenured faculty members, the opportunity to acquire their own laptops through a program provided by the university. There are guidelines, existing guidelines for that as well. So that is currently the support that we provide for them. Now for others, uh, well, uh, based on our survey of our teachers, uh, there is a small percentage of those who do not have internet connection. So for that, uh, they were also beneficial. Uh, a few of them, uh, they are able to find also um, some ways you know, to, to continue teaching. Uh, through the use of the university facilities. So that's great. Uh, thank you, Doc, uh, Dr. Peralta. By the way, no, um, I wanted to say na, you know, um, there's a prediction na ang next problem naman daw ng world is uh, security, internet security. So dahil in, alam nila na people are working at home now, and, uh, hindi naman kasing ganda ng, of course, sa mga universities and corporations, meron mga firewalls na mga magaganda. But in in our homes, wala. So how are you preparing for that too, diba? So if you, any one of you has that, maybe you can tell tell us, tell the viewers also, diba? Dr. Patima, no? Baka you know something new okay. <laughs> about that. So, uh, okay. Uh, there are two major steps that we do, no? Uh, one is the education of our users particularly our administrators and our faculty to be worried about, uh, you know, uh, those uh, spams that they receive and to be very careful about the password. And on our end also, we, we make sure that we always monitor our firewalls no? because uh, from time to time, we actually see that there are attempts to attack our firewalls. And at the same time, uh, we try to use, <coughs> excuse me, Try to use legacy systems. No? Uh, we choose the the best. No? So for our internet uh, accounting system, we use SAP. No? For our learning management system, we use the uh, Canvas. No? For our library system, we use Primo Alma. No? Um, Alma systems. No? And then currently, we are completing our uh, empowered system that will make everything online on the processing, from uh, admissions to enrollment to registration. So I think really uh, education of the users, but at the same time using legacy systems that uh, I think have proven uh, security systems as well. So these are uh, uh, quite uh, sophisticated, but very difficult systems as well to work. But uh, the key now is to make sure that we will be able to integrate these systems. 
So very, very uh, important to watch, you know, to educate our faculty and our students and our administrators you know, to make sure that they don't uh, be very reckless on just clicking any uh, uh, thing that they see on the internet, you know, especially when it uh, requires uh, getting passwords you know, uh, or uh, anything that will uh, endanger our system. But for example, as uh, I've shared earlier, we have brought some of our offices at home, you know, so especially our academic systems, our our finance and accounting systems. So all of these systems are working on virtual private networks you know, uh, uh, to make sure that uh, the, the lines are secure. Although I have to admit uh, VPNs do require very, very uh, high bandwidth sometimes. <laughs> So that's how we make sure that uh, uh, we are protected, and uh, we have to be really, very, very vigilant on uh, on these attacks. You know, that uh, is currently being experienced by many schools. Uh, that's great, uh, Doctor Pantelino. Kaya ang problema is uh, how uh, sa bahay ba pwede maglagay rin ng firewall? Kasi alam ko sa mga companies and uh, universities, of course, you have firewalls. But now that you brought your uh, Laptops, computers, work home. Um, para yung firewall kaya, sir. Dapat tanongin natin si Mr. Joel Santos dyan kasi mas uh, techie, di ba? <laughs> Pero di... Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. Um, actually, I, I want to first echo what Dr. Padorino said about uh, the students. And uh, it's beyond academics. And one of the things that we are implementing, uh, and also to our staff, we started first with our staff, <coughs> sorry, but then now we're going to our students. Is is really focusing on the non-academic, and we put it under the banner of being a digital citizen. So, so how do you manage your digital life? Is is a program we're now going to do with the students because there are certain aspects of that. If with our you know with our physical life, we watch out for our security. We watch out for our physical wellness and mental wellness. Now you have to translate all of that to their digital life. So, so we're we're, we're implementing programs to our students on digital safety, uh, also digital wellness as they spend more time in front of the screen. How is that affecting them? And the other one is also how to interact. Now, one of the challenges of students is given that it's inside the virtual classroom, even the student etiquette right, of being in a virtual classroom is something new to them. And uh, that's also something I'd like to encourage the, our fellow educators is that we also need to reorient our students on how to become a digital student. We're focusing on our lecturers, but even our students do not know how to handle themselves online. While the, for example, while the lecturer is teaching, maririnig mo na lang na maingay because they're not muting their, they're not muting their uh, mics. Or sometimes they don't want to come out on the video. Bakit raw? Kasi they're wearing something that's not appropriate. But they should have gone to class the same way they have gone to class, right? So, so these things na na really going through and helping our students and faculty uh, manage their and understand their digital life so that at least uh, it becomes less stressful 
And the whole transition to a online learning environment becomes less stressful, but hope and more fun because this is the new normal. Eh. Diba? Hindi, to, hindi po to temporary. Uh, this is not the first pandemic that we're going to have. Uh, this is not the first bagyo that we will have. Uh, so really preparing ourselves now for the new normal. And that new normal means having a virtual life uh, or being a digital teacher and being a digital learner is now part of it. So now is the time to learn it para hindi na po tayo masyado na stress. So correct, so correct. Pero ano, I'd like to uh, go back to Dr. Paduhino kasi nakalimutan ko siya tanongin kung meron ba kayong any way to uh, to sustain the morale of your teachers, no? I know that uh, your teachers love you very much. So do you talk to them all the time para ma-boost yung morale nila? Ah, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Uh, usually, uh, when, when there's a shock you know, like this, you know, the tendency is really to get isolated, you know, and the tendency is to to think short-termism, you know, and at the same time, uh, uh, doing it alone. You know? uh, so it's very important, I think, uh, for a leader uh, to make sure there, especially in UANP, that we need to do three things. No? First, you need to communicate with them very closely on what you plan to do. And uh, to tell them that this one is actually good for them. So first is uh, communication. Uh, and then the next one is uh, you really need to collaborate with them uh, because they have inputs that are so necessary that... Uh, you need to consider as well. Uh, it's not only the students that have special circumstances. No? Uh, the teachers do have special circumstances as well. Remember, uh, they also have their children at home. Uh, they have to consider. So you really have to collaborate uh, very closely with them. So like uh, what Ateneo is doing, uh, we just have to make sure that we have to provide them the affordability, uh, the necessary support not just on uh, subsidy but on the equipment as well because you remember looking at the 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 number of students that are uh, uh, really affected and and uh, finally because there are so many of them you really need to coordinate with all of them you know? so you, you have to see that you mm -hmm. don't centralize everything you, know? you make sure you delegate delegate so empower them uh, see to them that they have some degree of responsibility and stewardship so that you don't really have to tell them exactly what to do they they know what to do you know? so it's clear not to motivate your teacher you need to communicate it's it's very important you need to i think uh collaborate with them you know? and at the same time coordinate because uh you, you cannot do everything <laughs> just have to depend on them. So uh, it's very, very important that the leader or the person in charge should always do these things on a regular basis no? to inspire them. It's it's not just the teachers and the students having difficulty, you know? uh, also their parents, uh, your parents you know, the family at home uh, having difficulty. So how do you think that their children are getting the 
education that they are expecting from your institutions? Well, just to continue, I think, uh, you know, our uh, we have a very strict rule. Uh, the others call it certification. So, okay, uh, we are spending the most uh, most of our summer class, uh, summer sessions now, the next three months on certification. A teacher needs to get certified before they are getting a teaching load. And uh, it is only through a teaching load that you will be able to teach. <laughs> So it's very, it's very important to make sure that the, 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 the learning outcomes, as has been shared earlier by Dr. Peralta, are achieved, you know, the assessments, assessment tools. So you really need also to support the teachers. You really take care of the teachers. You know? As you have said, you know, uh, to give quality as, uh, education, you have to have quality teachers. So we, we, we have this tagline called uh, UNITAS, online <laughs> where everyone has to work together you know uh, oh. communication collaboration coordination uh, will always be uh, top of mind to sustain them uh, meaning this is very stressful uh, this is not just an easy one for the students the teachers also are feeling the stress as well so, so uh, dr vilches no i was just going to echo what dr padahinog said about communication is very important in Ateneo, we have already had, at least in the last couple of months, three meetings online with students attended by all oh, thousands of students. They live stream it and they ask questions and then a lot of teachers, administrators come and then just freely answer their questions. So it makes them feel better. And then we've also demonstrated to them what, what it's going to be like for this online learning. Uh, Father Johnny has presented um, a syllabus on canvas and what, what can be done so that they will understand much better what that means. With parents, you know, the Ateneo has, um, has a parents council. So it's not just PTAs, uh, basic education, but in Loyola schools, we have the Ateneo Schools Parents Council, which is really um, an organization of parents. And then they really help us as well in, in, you know, they are our parang katuwang in the education of the children. But especially this time, we've already had two meetings online with Paris, again, attended by like almost a thousand every time we had this meeting. And, and we talked to them about our economic, you know, our tuition, what we do with tuition and, and our, how do we deal with um, miscellaneous fees and what is the library fee? What is, why is it that we still have a library fee when in fact there is no library on site? And yet we tell them, look, we have databases that cost millions. We have like 34 on increasing databases because subscriptions, because right now this is the time to do that. So we're lessening the book uh, subscriptions, but the databases online are, is there and then we also say that the library has made a commitment to the students so that if the student for example will have a need for one chapter in a book they can just email the library because they they have this online email system and the library can digitize it and send it to the student for free so things like that so so services are not halted just because they're online 
And then we, they talk about, you know, how to deal with mental health issues, how to deal. So, but we also tell them, because we've surveyed, we've done surveys, we continue to do surveys, students' needs, what do you want your parent, you know, what is your need in, this, in, the, in, the, in the home? So we also echo these needs to the parents. And then we ask Dr. Puina Lee Chua to talk to the parents about how to deal with um, children, with, with their sons and daughters during this online learning, what to do and what not to do. Things like that, which, were, which the parents found very helpful. So it's really entire community. It's an entire community of learners, an entire community where we communicate all of these things that are very important, that are new and that are challenging and that can provoke anxiety if we don't really open the communication line. So that's what we have done. Okay, okay. So, uh, <laughs> okay. So, um, meron akong itatanong lang, please. Um, kasi maraming nagre-react sa gym fees. Do you have gym fees also? Um, Ms. Mr. Santos, you have a gym. So, do you have Pardon? gym fees in your question now? Again, I couldn't, I couldn't, uh, Understand what is it? Okay, so um, some parents are asking about uh, certain fees, like yung kay Doctor um Doctor Vilches na library fee. How about yung mga gym fees? Mm -hmm. uh, they can't use it at, at this time. So how about you, Doctor uh, Mister Santos? Do you have gym fee in your question right now? Uh -huh. Okay, I gym fees. Okay, so so what we have done, uh, I think. Let me just go back. We are in a crisis, right? And in any crisis situation, there, it's important that communication with all stakeholders happen regularly. And so just like yes. Dr. Wilkin, we constantly communicate with all stakeholders. So in terms, we do that every, mm -hmm. actually during the first month, every two weeks, parents, students, and teachers meet Kasama. And, and one of the things we'd like to explain as schools is that it doesn't mean that just because we were online that costs will go down in fact costs went up and uh, it doesn't help actually when uh one of our nation's leaders is echoing that dapat iba pa ang tuition kasi it's online that is i think very irresponsible for one of our top leaders of the country to say that because that's totally not true as Dr. Vilce said, we had to invest in more digital assets. We had to convert what was physical to digital. And that, that means we are still paying for our physical assets and we added additional costs and capex for digital assets. So my physical assets that we maintain. And since we since you know as schools are social enterprise, I haven't laid off any person. So I'm still paying for, for maintenance people even though there's nothing to maintain. But we're still paying for so many things in the physical asset. Then we have to add the cost of the digital assets. And we try to explain this to, to all of our uh, lecturers, to all of our uh, students, and to all of our parents. And I think when, when, and we're all very transparent in the school. I mean, there's nothing to hide. Uh, there's nothing to hide. Um, uh, one association said 300 to 400 schools are about to close. It's true. So especially the smaller ones. And that's why in terms we're trying to help the smaller ones. But I'm, I'm hoping people understand 
cost did not go down. It actually went up. Now we have two assets that we're managing, the physical and the digital. So that's my, my, my long answer to that short question. I won't go into the nitty-gritties of the fees. I'll just say look at it from that perspective. Yes, I really wanted uh, all of you to explain that because um, that is always the discussion that I see in some forums. But actually, um, you cannot do away with your gym or your building for now. <laughs> you have to maintain it or you have to rent if ever or you have to uh, to also clean it. And um, uh, you cannot do away with that. So the cost stays the same, right? So I, it doesn't stay the same. It went up. I, I think that should be clear, you know. But um, some parents still don't understand that. In fact, they're saying they're moving their children to other schools because they're uh, the schools that they are in to before still um retain the same tuition fee. But uh, as you as you were saying, Joel, no, uh, Mr. Santos, um. Hirap talaga pag friends eh. <laughs> Kasi uh, Joel and I go back two decades ago. So Joel lang talaga tawag sa kanya. And even Dr. Padohino, stan lang talaga tawag sa kanya. So, ang hirap talaga. So um, two decades na tayo magkakilala ka ba? And Dr. Vilches is uh, since 2005, no? Kaya ang hirap, ang hirap ang hirap maging formal dito kasi I'd like to uh, enjoy this conversation and talk casually pero I have to of course maintain your your presence your heads of your institutions very respectable institutions and again I want to thank you for that and um, this is really a great opportunity to explain to everyone kasi yung viewers natin ngayon they are not just educators but they are also parents who have kids in universities such as yours and that uh, they have to understand yung um, financial aspect of it, diba? And so um, if uh, there are no other answers from all of you, kasi nasagot na lahat ni, <laughs> ni Joel, Joel na lang, <laughs> then uh, we can move on to the next question which is um, any more answers you want to answer? Or we can move on to the next question? Okay. Okay, so uh, so uh, actually, your next question is what investments or improvements can we make to ensure our school systems remain competitive despite the situation? But I think that um, you all said that, like uh, transforming uh, digit into digital assets, diba? And then pati yung security, and then the internet. Okay. So what are the most important lessons you learned as school leaders during this time? Ayan, maganda. <laughs> most important lessons that you learned personally, no? Personally, of course, I think that all of us grew so much at this time. Uh, parang mas maging agile tayo. Ang, ang bibilis nyo, ang bibilis nyo. You were all agile. That's why you are talking here now because you are, you are helping others na hindi naka-transform agad. You are all agile. And uh, you grew personally, I'm sure, more than 100% at this time. So can you share your experience and your learnings or <laughs> knowledge? Okay, so Nancy, not si Dr. Cheryl muna, no? Dr. Peralta. Thank you. I think for me personally, uh, uh, my most important lesson might have been really the importance of being resilient resilient and flexible. Um, if in the past you used to really lay down plans and make sure that your all your plans happen at least 
uh, as as uh, it has been discussed and laid down. Uh, ngayon kasi hindi eh, no? Parang um, because of the uncertainty of the situation, you will have to have plan A, B, and C. And sometimes uh, you will need to plan today for whatever it is that uh, needs to be done tomorrow because there will always be something, a new consideration no? that you will have to um, think about and uh, you will have to uh, factor into uh, whatever plan of action uh, the school will need to undertake. But but I think uh, with that, uh, it's very important to be uh, more understanding of people. So, yung, siguro, uh, I I must say, uh, you're more, you're more, maybe uh, you're also more uh, careful now or more more sensitive of uh, maybe other people are also in situations that makes them difficult makes difficult for them no? to to uh, deliver or even for students maybe to participate in instruction so we we really have to um, render that additional mile to understand others so that you we can all be able to work together also for the success of whatever it is that we need. Dr. Vilches? Well, it's been a very challenging situation, but one of the things that I've really learned from this experience is that in a situation of adversity, there is something that pops out as long as you're open to uh, learning new ways because you know as a leader you have your own vision you have your own ways of trying to do these things but now all of these things are gone in a sense and yet you pick up from the pieces and then as long as your heart is in the right place you will still move ahead with good direction even if that direction is different you move ahead but you don't move ahead alone. So I think that's a, that's a great understanding of leadership that you don't do things alone. This is not your project. And I think right now, it's even more palpable to say, this is not your project. As I always say, you move along, you create the trail, but you don't create it alone. You create it with a community. So the trust in the people that you work with because the people that you work with have different capabilities and in a time of adversity they show those capabilities it's a matter of tapping those uh, capabilities and then the stresses that are there because you're not in control and i think it's good to be not in control and i think this is the time for me i realize it's fine it's fine not to be in control because this is not mine this is everybody's and then if i don't if i don't know anything and somebody else who has got that ability will be there. So the ability to look at what is what other people can do to help is there. But coupled with that is humility. I think it's important to be humble, to be able to say that we're doing this, but maybe the next day it's not going to be the same. You know, just to be able to say, let's see, today this is what we need to do, but tomorrow is another thing. And coupled with that humility is a basic trust basic trust in people, basic trust in a transcendent that is always there to help us. And I'm very um, and, and I'm very confident about that. And it has also helped me really um, stabilize 
my inner life, my inner, my prayer life is very important to me. So I spend a lot of time praying, meditating, really just to let me, let that things be. Maybe not even to ask for graces, but just to be, which is very important because listening at this time is more important than talking. Actually, when we can listen, then we can we can know what the way forward is. So that's those are my great takeaways from this experience. Not it's not finished yet, but I think that we're just starting every day. Thank you. Yes, I think we can learn more, no? So doc um uh Dr. Padahina. <laughs> uh <laughs> yes, uh, I share the sentiments of many of my colleagues here. But the, the first thing that uh, is really key uh, for me is uh, a change in mindset. Sometimes uh, with all the skill sets that we have, many of the skill sets that I have to admit I may have learned in the past may not actually be very useful now. Huh? <laughs> uh, it's just that to, in order to adjust to an, uh, a new normal, for example, you really have to change mindsets. No? And this means, for example, no? When you hit the, uh, an unforeseen thing like this, and it's like you are shell-shocked. No? But when one is shell-shocked, uh, you normally just don't get paralyzed. No? You move. You move. And then it's the only time when you move, you will actually know where you're going. No? So that's very important, no? the mindset and the need to always move forward. No? And as I think uh, shared by my colleagues, Every time that there is a conflict or a, a disruption like this, never forget another M, the mission. The mission never changes, uh, for, especially for educational institutions uh, like ours. We have to always stick on to the mission. So our mindset, no? we need to move. We need to, uh, to uh, at the same time, uh, uh, watch our mindset. We need to move. And, and then finally, we need to manage. <laughs> we need to manage uh, as you go along because I have to admit uh, not everything that we did initially were correct. The only time you will know that it's wrong is when you move. <laughs> so you try it, then you make a mistake, then you make a move again. You make a, It's a very uh, delicate uh, thing of balance. Uh, I'm not sure for my colleagues here, but uh, I have to admit we have many readjustments we have to do. No? How do we handle the subjects? No? How do we finish the semester? No? How do we uh, deal with the students having difficulties? No? But the only way to do that, move. No? And last thing is, as I have shared by uh, Dr. Virches, very important to communicate to the ground. What are they feeling? Because every decision that a school administrator makes or the faculty has profound implications on the people there, especially the students in the faculty. So you need to really put your ears close to the ground in order to make sure that uh, uh, you will be able to get immediate feedback on the decisions that have been made. Because not all decisions, especially in, when you go through this crisis, are the correct ones. Huh? <laughs> you have to manage and make the adjustments from time to time uh, until you get it right. It's like... Uh, 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 a pattern no? that the only time you can shape the path is if, when the path moves, <laughs> then you shape it along the way. That's what I learned uh, as far as uh, this uh, pandemic has taught us. No? <laughs> so, 
So, um, Dr. Okay. How about your uh, spiritual life? Did you become more um, prayerful now, just just like Dr. Vilches? Of course, uh, I agree with her. Uh, well, I, I in the past I always uh, before the pandemic I always uh, do my meditations regularly, but I miss so much my daily mass. <laughs> I always go to mass to seek for inspiration from uh, from uh, the from the person above. No? So now at least the churches are opening and hopefully I can uh, have a better communion with the, the source of inspiration. <laughs> it's very important to always zoom out. So, Actually, sometimes when you're to zoom in and you get stuck in the operational details, you forget, forget where you are going. So you zoom out first, then uh, see where you are, be reminded of your mission. You've got to move forward. You've got to listen to what is on the ground. And of course, very important to pray always. To meditate and to, for me personally, to to to, to have my communion. <laughs> yes. Well, I, you know, I I remember about uh, seven years ago. I um uh, let uh, parang pinagmit ko kayo nung uh, head ng Preston uh, College, de ba? Yes. And yes. Uh, what I remember is yun agad ang hiningi nyo sa kanila uh, to have a chapel <laughs> in their uh, school. With you, yes. you're another. So, uh, wow, yun nagdang ano, yun nagdang uh, yun nagdang pinag-usapan nila. Rather than academic um, connections or something like that, it's more chapel mo na, chapel mo na usapan natin. And uh, by the way, that uh, the owners of Preston uh, is uh, are both ano, uh, no, your students in University yes. of Asia Pacific. Yes. So, yes. <laughs> okay, so doc, um, Dr. Cheryl um, Peralta, do you have any addition to um, what they said. How? Ah, tapos na pala ikaw. <laughs> Sorry. Si, ano na lang, si uh, Mr. Joel Santos, uh, how have you grown uh, in your own, diba? as a leader, as a school head? Um, you know, I, I uh, share what my colleagues have, have, uh, have uh, you know, just, just shared. Um, it's, it's really a difficult time. And one of the things that uh, I really learned was you know, as, as educators, we're, we really want to make things right for our students, for our parents, for the teachers. I said, there are stakeholders, there are most important customers. So, but, but I wanted to share that uh, there's a lot of things we don't control. And so we have to be, something I've learned, uh, let's be kind to ourselves. You know, it, it's been very stressful and I, it has been very stressful for us as uh, education leaders. Right? This crisis is uh, on our shoulders. And, and it's been very difficult. And, uh, and so the stress levels are very high. Beyond the pandemic, you still have, you're, you're, we're serving a community. So the, the pressure is there. And, and I guess through prayer, and some of my reflections is that, you know, we also have to be kind to ourselves because uh god is in control not us and so so that one uh let's be kind to ourselves we don't control everything we're doing our best already and i think i think nobody can question that but we don't control the situation so so um so that one my, my second my second uh my second my second reflection which is that um, this actually, even though a lot of us are suffering, it, you know, it's, it, 
it should be taken for granted how the schools are suffering now. We're not even in the the list of any rescue package, but the schools are really suffering. Uh, we've actually been a neglected. The private sector has actually been neglected by the government, and and even decisions made uh, has been very. I say uh, they don't even take us into consideration. Um, but having said that, so we are all in a difficult situation. But I think more than ever, this is a time for us as a community to share. So uh, we're all in the same boat. And uh, uh, sometimes as private schools, there's this competition between between private schools. But actually now, it's uh, really the time to share. And you know, we're a small college. Uh, we don't have a lot of resources. But if there's any resource we have, it is knowledge of running online. And so that's what I'm trying to share to, to other schools who are also having difficulties. And, and that's something that I'd like to offer anybody. That if you need help in your migration, we're here to help also. Uh, we're not experts. We've made more mistakes. If I could just share with you my mistakes, at least you'll, you'll avoid making them. And it'll save you a lot of stress and money. So yun lang. I, that's one. It's We're not in control. Let, let, we're doing our best. Let's forgive ourselves if we make mistakes. Because a lot of us are making mistakes. Uh, but our heart is in the right place. And then secondly, um, if we could share more, then I think we'll get out of this better. Not just as institutions, but even as uh, individuals. Thank you. Okay, so a short uh, <laughs> reflection for uh, Dr. Peralta. Uh, we are nearing our end, and uh, I'd like to um, read questions from our viewers as well. So, Dr. Peralta. Yes, um, yeah, I agree with all our colleagues here. Um, indeed, God's plan is always bigger than ours. So, uh, we just find ways to... Um, uh, look at the opportunities behind every challenge that we see along the way. As as was what has been said, I'm sure something good will come out of it. So uh, we just have to really um, always look at the brighter side of things um, and uh, keep on praying because after all, God's unending grace will always be with us. Okay, so... I keep wondering, sino kayo mas nahihirapan sa inyo? Kasi si Joel is the owner of the school. <laughs> si uh, Dr. Vilches naman is uh, the, uh, uh, ko naman na si Dr. Padohinog kasi president naman siya ng buong school. Si Dr. Vilches sa buong college ng Ateneo. And then Dr. Peralta is academic naman ang kanyang hawak. So sino kayo mas nahihirapan, di ba? Also, Depende naman rin yan sa laki, di ba? Si Joel is a smaller school and then ang laki-laki ng campus ng both uh, UST and the ATE. Hindi ko alam kung mas, sino mas malaki sa inyo. Tapos ano, uh, parang ang bigat din ng, ano, ang bigat din ng dat, dinadala ng UST because uh, 400 years, di ba? 400 years na you have to be strong there and keep standing, di ba? So, I will not ano, let you answer that <laughs> anymore. Uh, I think, ano, um, okay, so um, last question na, no? last question na, how do you see our situation moving forward in the next few years? What kind of school leadership do you think would be needed by then? And do you think that we're doing now, what we're doing now will still be needed when we go back to the 
old normal. I think that ano no, hindi na rin magkakaroon ng normal na dati. Will always be new normal na talaga no. Pero halimbawa ng success, paano kung pwede na pumalik sa classes? What else do you want to change? Kaya lang, I'm warning you, I'm giving you only <laughs> three minutes each to answer because I want to, <laughs> ano pa, I want to read pa the questions of our uh, viewers kasi marami talaga rin silang questions. So, they, they are saying they really appreciate watching you and thanking you for sharing, no? Uh, so, I'm uh, echoing that. Uh, thank you for, uh, sobrang ako, ako mismo, I learned so much from you. So, okay, so let's go. So, sino yung gustong mauna? Dr. Vilchas, do you want to start? Sige. I think the question is about what you see as the future. It's very difficult actually to say what the future is. I always take it as one at a time. So, we prepare now. Whatever we do now will impact the future. So, we do the best that we can do now and then be prepared for the future, whatever it's going to be. So secondly, you're asking about the quality of a leader. I think the leader should be, should be creative, should be able to know how to listen, to listen not just to people, but to the signs of the times, you know, to listen, because it's in listening that that leader will perhaps know the way, which is really uncharted, I think, from now on onwards. And I don't really like the term new normal. I don't really use it because I don't think there's anything that's, normal here it's abnormal so i don't like the term new normal at all um, um we don't know what it's going to be i don't want that term at all so but whatever it is that's in the future we trust we trust that whatever we do today will impact that future so we had better do everything that's good today and not be looking at the future the present is a very important moment for us Thank you. So we like using nga uh, ano a better normal na sana. <laughs> okay, so Dr. Padohinog. Well, I would rather focus I think uh, okay, I would focus on the question on what are the important leadership traits. I I think of three. One is the, the ability to embrace change. One has to learn how to embrace change. It is very unpleasant. As one, as all my colleagues here in the panel are sharing, uh, but you've got to embrace change because uh, in this world that is coming, uh, as we all know it, it's it's something that is uh, very different. So first, ability to embrace change. Uh, one second is, uh, I think, the ability to tolerate, as they call VUCA, the ability to tolerate volatility uncertainty, complexity, and ambiguity. You cannot really see the future as uh, uh, Dr. Virchia said, you cannot, but you've got to tolerate and how to operate in that environment uh, uh, must be uh, in place. So it requires a special kind of uh, trait in leaders, unlike in the past where we would like to prefer stability, but we're looking at what we call the VUCA world, <laughs> volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. No? And finally, despite all of these things, never forget the mission. Things can change, but the mission remains the same. Applications can change, but the principles remains. No? So let's never forget our principles, our ideals, no? our mission. No? Circumstances may change, but 
how we will adjust uh, to the circumstances, of course, will be driven not by any other things, but our mission. So embrace change, embrace VUCA, and never forget your mission in life. <laughs> so the third, um, I think that's uh, my uh, things I can say. Okay, thank you, thank you. Uh, Dr. Uh, Peralta? Yes, um, so I agree. We It all boils down to us going back to our values because in the end, uh, our values will really guide us through uh, amidst all the uncertainties and uh, whatever happens, whatever challenges come. Um, while, while we may be um, tempted to just do stopgap measures at this point because it might be something temporary anyway. Anyway, next year, uh, we might be able to go back to how we used to do things. Maybe it might be better to, as Dr. Paduhinag said, embrace change. Um, think of um, ways that will be more lasting or solutions that might... Uh, really have uh, more lasting effects because in the end if we are working together we might really find something more innovative uh, solutions that are um, more transformative uh, so that we can uh, help our students prepare for the future of work no matter how changing that future may be because ultimately uh, they are our main stakeholders, and we really have to help them prepare for whatever it is ahead of them. Thank you. So, um, Mr. Joel Santos? Um, maybe change of tone. I know that uh, it's a difficult time, but I want to share with all other educators, I've never been so excited in my life, mainly because now we have a ticket to experiment. Before, you know, when we talk to our regulators, you can't do this, you can't do that, you can't do that. But now, since they don't know what they're doing or what to do, they allow us, So I'm really excited with that opportunity. And no, no, you know, because because of the lack of, uh, of uh, because nobody knows, it, you know, how things go. Finally, our, our regulators are allowing us to experiment. Yeah. So for me, I'm so excited that I finally got this uh, opportunity to to do some experimentation, and mm -hmm. we were given the free hand. So excited ako don. So as much as it's difficult, yun ang exciting. <laughs> Fellow educators, I know we felt that, that uh, sometimes we're put in a box, but we really want to do a lot of innovations, right? That's why we're mm -hmm. here in education. Okay. You know? We also want to make changes. So binigyan tayo ng ticket ngayon. Let's uh. Let's use that to the max. That's the first one. Uh, the yep. second one, the second one that uh, that I I hope that we we learn from what has happened with with the implementation of IATF at the onset. We are in a worse situation than we started. So it's really time that we have systemic thinking. Yeah. If you look at the way the IATF, and I say this without uh, being very objective. Systemic thinking is needed so that you know that for every decision you make, what are the impacts to the different aspects? And uh, we are in our predicament today, uh, mainly because of the need for more systemic thinking. So I don't only say it, uh, that it's our government, maybe as a, 
as a community let's let's take a look at that you know let's let's uh, try to develop our systemic thinking a bit that's i think that's that's my that's my learning also today as a leader right because um everything we do has several implications eh? and uh, and uh, it's really important with less resources the more i actually am very uh, uh trying to be more systemic because e every mistake uh lessens our lease of life as uh, educators and as uh, school owners and the uh, leaders so so that's one one let's let's be excited with this opportunity uh that hey it's our chance to innovate let educators instead of being known as the last industry to innovate let be let this be our moment to actually say coming out of the crisis look at what we have done we leapfrog from where we come from so excited ako doon. and uh, finally nga, systemic thinking uh something i think we should start uh spending more time on in uh, okay. developing okay so thank you thank you for that um for me um i would like to tell you naman my story no um i like looking at uh, things uh, na merong uh, laging uh, silver lining and so i thought na ito i like it in a way na nagkaroon kami ng yung buong staff ko nagkaroon ng chance to grow more than ever nagkaroon kami ng tremendous growth and napansin namin na we are nagkaroon kami ng um ng different uh, qualities na wala naman sa amin before. <laughs> Kaya I really, I appreciate it in a way na nag-ganon yung thinking ko. Kasi we really have to think positive at these times. And um, for our students naman, because since the uh, first class namin was March 23. Diba? March 17 yung, uh, <laughs> yung uh, quarantine. March 23, may classes na kami every day. And nakakas, uh, Tingitingnan namin, binabantayan namin mabuto yung mga performance ng mga estudyante namin kung bumababa. Kasi of course, it's the concern of all parents na hindi naman sana yung anak ko mag-online ano, learning. But but you know, um, siguro concern natin yun because hindi tayo, ano, no, sila digital world na agad paglabas nila sa mundo. So they adapted so quickly and in fact, I see that their performance are higher than ever. This is the highest scores na nakuha ng mga sudyante namin in the past 25 years na running ng ahead. So, I'm, ano, I'm, in a way, I see na there's an opportunity in online learning also and that's why I'm I'm happy that uh, all of your schools have transitioned uh, online na rin. So, let's go back, let's go na to the, ano, no, to the <laughs> questions of the, our viewers kasi, we're running out of time. We have 10 minutes. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> my gosh. So, um, okay. So, the first question is from um, Mr. Almoner Abunawas about reliability. How reliable is assessment in online environments? What measures are taken in the institutions to guard against cheating? And how do we know if the students are performing? So, uh, sorry that I only want one, <laughs> one uh, response from one of you because um, I want to answer the other questions as well can you volunteer <laughs> whoever wants it's uh, about uh, assessment uh, doctor uh will just speaks about the assessments well the one thing i can say is first of all about cheating it's not just i think cheating in society should be ruled out because pair because because uh, the young people um 
imitate whatever it is that they see. I mean, I remember that kind of advertisement before about all, uh, you know, older people doing this and then people will imitate. So cheating is maybe something systemic as well that we need to address. So my, my answer to that is even on on-site, it's very difficult to rule that out. But then there, of course, I mean, I mean, our institutions have have ways of punishing people who, who cheat, but no one can be sure. No one can be certain about assessment online. As but I'm sure there are there are lots of things that are being done, especially the ones who have already done online online assessment. But I think well, two things. One is the there should be a way of assessing performance from different angles that will give you a better picture of the, of the performance of the individual. So it's not just your paper pencil type of thing anymore. Then uh, another thing is that there should be, I mean, Ateneo as uh, Joel probably remember, does a lot of oral exams. So maybe an oral exam, they're probably, you know, you're on the spot, you're given a thesis statement, and then you explain there's no way, even if you open your books, there's no way you'll be able to cheat on that one. But I think uh, one of the ways that, at least in the Ateneo we're doing, is the training for the teachers now include aspects of assessment. So that's ongoing, but I think every educator is aware of this, about how assessment can be foolproof that there's no cheating, but yet it cannot be 100%. So what I'm saying is that we need to have a lot more ways of assessing more instead of just one. But ma'am, how about the asset? The Ateneo College entrance uh, We're still thinking of what to do with the asset. Okay. Okay. So, um, okay. The next that, yeah. So, like, later na lang natin isipin yung assets. Okay. So, because that's our no, no, real concern, what are you going to do with the exam? I think, ano, isa-isa, because ang dami nila. And also, um, hindi pwedeng, um, marami kasing biases, yung different people, kung halimbawa, puro interview. Diba? And uh, some schools do not give the right uh, grades, hindi naman din pantay-pantay. So, I think it's hindi rin pwede yung grades. Uh, but the Sorry. problem is online naman testing. Yeah. No? Sorry, Rosana, I was thinking of assessment of classes, of ah. course. It's not assessment as people screened into your uh, system. Sorry, I was thinking. Okay. Yes, ma'am. So, okay. So, for the next question, it's uh, from Maria Cadosales. She's asking, what measures are to be prioritized to nurture the well-being of the stakeholders in con Adopting almost everything online. <laughs> <laughs> what measures are to be prioritized to nurture? I think medyo nasagot na rin ito. Uh, next question na lang. <laughs> okay. So are your universities planning yes. to adapt your online teaching even after Asia? Hmm. Hindi siguro, no? Because sayang naman yung kanilang mga... <laughs> Ang gagandang university grounds, no? Kung purely online. Baka um, you will be conducting what blended na, no? Kasi nasubukan na ng iba na pwede pala. <laughs> um, but I don't know kung meron kayong disagreement with what I said. Na baka 
blended na lang kayo instead of uh, purely online. I think Joel is going to be purely online, ba? That's right. Uh, that's right. No, I, I think that uh, moving forward, uh, you know, as educators, we will just really maximize the available educational technologies now. And each school will find uh, the right fit given their mission, and given their own uh, vision for the kind of students they want to create. So, so we'll see, right? Let's let's see first how it unfolds. Uh, more technologies are being created, particularly in assessments, because that is the, the this was totally. Uh, it's totally different. So assessments is a major thing. We're going to see a lot of new technologies that will address assessments. So let's see how it unfolds. But as these new technologies emerge, uh, let's embrace it. And then that's why it's a great time to experiment. And, uh, so many yes. new things are coming. We'll see what we can do with it. Okay. So for our part, when we ask them to take assessments, because we have a not diagnostic and simulated exams for UP Ateneo LaSalle UST, uh, we ask them to take the exam while their camera is on <laughs> so that we can see them if uh, they are doing it on their own and uh, if they are doing it correctly. So that's what we are doing right now. So anyway, I have to stop the seminar already because we're really nearly two hours. I would like to thank all of our panelists. Thank you so much for your time. Sobrang uh, involuble po nitong uh, sharing nito. And I think uh, all even the panelists themselves learn from each other. And so um, with, uh, I'd like to thank you for uh, this time na sobrang, sobrang busy natin lahat because of this situation that we're in. But um, in behalf of all the audience na from all over the world, um, I really, really appreciate your time. So um, if you have any more one-liner, you can say it now. <laughs> so, <laughs> I just, first, I want to thank you for inviting. And then uh, I really want to thank Dr. Vilches, Dr. Padorinov, and then Professor Cherry. Uh, I really learned a lot. No? Thank you. Thank you very much. Uh, very, very enlightening for me. And you know what? More than that, it's, it's, it's very just inspiring to be. And also, it gives me strength to be in a discussion with other educators kasi nga, di ba, it's, uh, it's nice to be with the community. So, marami pong salamat. Yeah. Okay, okay. Um, can we hear from uh, Dr. Peralta? Yes, uh, thank you, Rosario, for the invitation. And on behalf of the Father Rector, we uh, thank you for allowing us to uh, participate in this uh, discussion. I also learned a lot uh, from our colleagues. Um, and uh, I, for all other educators who are listening to us right now, um, just uh, hang on. Uh, we will all get uh, over this together. It's just a matter of us really working together in unity and uh, making the most out of the situation. Thank you. Dr. Uh First and foremost, uh, Rosanna, I would like to thank you for uh, inviting me in this uh, forum together with these esteemed colleagues. No? Likewise, I learned a lot from them as well. And I think my last words will also be for those who are here in your uh, channel that uh, never lose hope. No? <laughs> never lose hope. Uh, be always optimistic. No? Uh, I know this, uh, the times may be very negative, 
but uh, let us uh, build our optimism on hope no never allow despair to get in the way no <clears throat> life is much uh, uh, better than uh, what it is now no i think anchor your optimism and hope no? <laughs> thank you so much again rosana for uh, inviting me and my colleagues here together in the panel i really appreciate uh, all the insights i learned from all of you Thank you. Thank you very much, Dr. Paduhinog. As you can see, ang dami pumapasok yung mga thank you ng mga tao. So, <laughs> kung na, sana nakikita yan. Dr. Vilches, please. Yeah, so thank you very much, Rosana. I thought at first I could not join this because my schedule is quite full. But thank you very much for this. More than just learning from the colleagues here, I really enjoyed this conversation. I think it's a I think it's good for us educators to to do this kind of conversation because this is a one way of supporting one another and I really like that. So my my uh, message again to the viewers and to everybody is hope and courage. I think Pope, Pope Francis said that we need to have hope and more than just hope we need to have courage. And a little example of that which we say that you know this is not the end of the world and then even <laughs> even in University, we can find a lot of positives. Is I'd like to let you know that on the Ateneo campus, where there's lack of pollution now and lack of people, strange-looking, beautiful birds have appeared. Unbelievable! <laughs> Even the uh, the you know they have appeared. And if you go to the Jesuit residence Facebook page, and that's a open page, you can see those birds. And at first, I thought. Did Father Rene draw these birds? No, they're really birds that have been appearing on campus. So I think if nature is telling us that there is hope, we have to believe in that. Because I think that's God's way of telling us you don't get stuck there. There is a brighter future for all of us. So that's my Thank you. Maraming maraming salamat to uh, our panelists. Maraming salamat for your time. I know that uh, Dr. Vilches and Dr. Padohinog is raring to run already because they have each of their own conferences <laughs> now. So you you may all go. So thank you again. Thank you again for um, raising this uh, seminar. <laughs> so we would also like to thank all the viewers for uh, watching and the uh, Staying with us today, um, I would also like to thank the entire lesson team for making this webinar possible and to the AHEAD Education Group, AHEAD Pro, AHEAD Alpha, Alpha, AHEAD Online, and AHEAD Tutorial Review for continuously working in bringing quality training and education to the Philippines, even and especially this time. So I'm sure our audience has learned a lot from this webinar. In my case, I can't tell you how much I learned from this seminar. And I want to continue giving this seminar uh, to men, as many people as possible. So please share this video so they can, we will, this will be a video so everyone can share it para yung mga hindi pwedeng manood ngayon, they can also learn from this. Kasi this is so valuable. It's the first time we've put up uh, this type of seminar. Although we've been doing a lot of seminars for more than 20 years but uh, so i'm so happy to have in one place and at one time to itong big um uh esteemed bright uh leaders of learners so please continue to support our um our seminars we have uh 
uh, we have a lot uh, coming for you because uh, yung uh, team talaga po ng um, ng lesson ahead are all ano talagang we've developed ourselves to become achievers, action oriented, adaptable, adept, agile, agreeable, alert, and altruistic. So <laughs> thank you to the team. We have upcoming seminars here on lesson for educators and school administrators who want to learn from our excellent mentors coming from the top universities in the Philippines. Yung susunod po nating seminar is about for ano naman. Kasi kung napansin nyo, higher education sila. For ano naman for um, for basic education naman yung next seminar for lesson, but aside from that, meron pa kami ibang seminars this week uh, on Wednesday, July 15. We will be having our first uh, S Talk show featuring smart superwomen who live with unwavering passion while balancing parenting, career, and self-development. So, so mga mommies dyan, sa mga ladies around, I'm sure you will enjoy that show on um, Wednesday, July 15, do sa Smart Super Women Facebook page. And then for Ahead Pro, we have data analytics and then managing your team and many others that we've been offering for a long time now and then for 20 years now. So again, thank you so much for being part of this webinar. We hope to see you in our next one, starting with this Wednesday, please. So stay updated, stay ahead. Goodbye, everyone. Thank you, thank you. AHEAD Education offers homeschooling support, comprehensive reviews and tutorials, top-notch training programs, and high-quality seminars. For more information about what we do and how we can help your school transition online, please visit our website at www.ahead.edu.ph. Stay tuned for the upcoming launch of our latest brand, which we've especially designed for everyone who is keen to become adept and ahead in their chosen paths. Think different. Think ahead.